Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, if we swallowed hot men, would we turn into hot men? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including uh, what's inside Kirby. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking Tears of the Kingdom and our favorite Zelda reveals of the past. Uh, but Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. It would be kind of cool if we did, if we were able to accurately describe Zelda reveals of the future. Right. Well, it's we're also, since we are going to be talking about the video that is happening, that is releasing this morning, we're sort of talking about Zelda reveals of the present <laughs> as well. So that that's why my that's why my brain was like, oh yes, I like see, sort, sort of stumbling over. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about Zelda reveals of the future. <laughs> Spirit the, the tracks too. Exactly. The only the only downside is we won't like uh, no one will be able to appreciate how accurate we are. Right. For right. until it happens. Until it happens. Um, Mark, which could how, be decades and decades it, in the future. It could. It, I mean, there's no there's no like uh, there's no expiration date on those predictions. Uh, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> Mark, how are you? Are are you doing okay? Yeah, I am. I am. I feel like I was actually thinking. Today, when you came over and you, uh, so, you know, uh, we alternate where we record mm-hmm. and, uh, I feel like whenever you come to my place, you're always like dressed so well. And I feel like my, what are you when, ta- I'm, I'm wearing like a white, like <laughs> a white, like athletic, like hoodie <laughs> and jeans. What do you mean? I'm dressed well. well. You just put, you just look put together. And I feel like, um, my, uh, you know, previously, uh-huh. uh, when, even though you were coming to my place. I would put on jeans, right? You know, try that's, to ma- that's try gone to, out the window. <laughs> trying to make it look like I wasn't like I, now I'm just in my pajamas essentially. Right, right, that's right, just right. how I record. <laughs> Which is what you would have been doing when we were recording remotely. Yeah, that's true. So I don't, know, I don't know. I think it's I'm fine. Blame it on COVID. Yeah, there you go. Still, it's uh, another <laughs> Mark looking nice. Another casualty. Another of COVID. casualty of COVID. Mark, you always look nice. Thank you, Pat. You're just not dressed particularly well. <laughs> Uh, if you would like to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, you, you know how Patreon works. You can support us at the 4, 8, or 16-bit tier. Um, if you are supporting us at the 8 or 16-bit tier, you can get access to our bonus episodes. It's a monthly bonus episode right now. We are working our way through a miniseries we're calling NCS Detective Club, where we are watching the great detective stories of television's past. See, now this is also from the past, not from television's future. Um, We are about to put out an episode all about the uh, series Psych. Um, It's uh, very fun, and I'm looking forward to people hearing our reactions to a handful of those episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But you don't have to be in the Patreon if you want to hop in our Discord. You can get in Discord. All you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com. And uh, we will invite you, and you can be in there talking about uh, Nintendo stuff. I can uh, count on that uh, Discord to be popping off tomorrow. 
um, during this uh, Zelda thing. So uh, get in there and have some good conversations with some fun people. Also, if you're looking to squad up in Pikmin Bloom, uh, we're all getting together. We're fighting mushrooms and like going on walks together. It's beautiful. Making Miyamoto proud. That's right. Mark, I believe you have a debug. Oh, I yes, I do. I do. So last week... You're trying to dance around not doing this. <laughs> All right, so last week we were talking about Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which Patrick picked up for the Nintendo Switch, having previously owned it for the Wii U. And uh, we were trying to figure out what is the deal with Funky Mode. What's the deal? That's it. <laughs> Starting a, a Seinfeld impression and then stopping. Um, and, and part of the confusion was I played it in... 2018 when it mm -hmm. came out on Switch and I couldn't remember what exactly Funky Mode entailed because I remembered having extra hearts but I also remembered playing as Donkey Kong but we did a little research and we now know what the deal is. Yes. So in Funky Mode you play as Funky Kong by default. But you can choose at the beginning of a level at any time. Ugh. You can choose at some juncture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be to play as Donkey Kong and uh, get uh, you know uh, recruit his companions. Right. So if you're in funky mode, you play in by default you play as Funky Kong, you get 5 hearts. There's no companions. So Funky Kong kind of has has like the move set of all the companions. But also kind of a move set that is none of them. That is his own. Yeah. And then, it, but also you can choose to play as Donkey Kong plus like the partner Kongs like in the regular game. So no funky. Um, but do, doing this in funky mode gives you an gives an extra heart to Donkey Kong. So you have three instead of two that was in the Wii U version. And an extra to his companion Kong. So uh, three versus two for a total of six hearts. And this is how I played. So you played in funky mode without funky. Yeah, I okay. must have because I had the extra hearts. Um, another thing that Funky Kong has. So like he has a, a little bit of like a double jump um, and uh, it can also like kind of drift down slowly as he falls. Um, but if you don't have momentum as you're drifting down, he really like you're sort of doomed uh, with, with a bad jump. Um, but so he's got the surfboard so he can also land on spikes without getting hurt. Um, and when he's underwater, he doesn't need air oh like that air meter goes away he just has like a scuba mask uh, even though scuba wouldn't help him breathe underwater <laughs> um there, there's no there's no uh there's no air gauge um i was playing a little more of um well hold, maybe we should just get into what we've been playing this week and i can talk about it in the appropriate segment yeah yeah let's do it First, of course, update on my Tetris 99 ticket. Dun 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 dun. Six hundred eighty nine. Very nice. Um, gonna cross that seven hundred threshold. That's very exciting. Um, but so I I continue to play through Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Um, and uh, that oxygen meter, uh, actually sort of annoying. Uh, like I wish that I didn't have to hurry through those underwater because the game is so about like exploring and like getting through like every little nook and cranny um, that it kind of bums me out. That there are parts of the game where it's like, no, no, you have to swim faster or you're going to run out of air. Those water levels to my memory, some of them are also like really beautiful because they yes. do the sort of like sunset heavy, oh, yeah. you know, like, um, uh, uh, iPod commercial. Uh, yes. Like backlit. So everything is silhouettes but they do it underwater 
in tropical freeze and, and, and like so good looking and you uh do like a little spin move by some uh bioluminescent fish and it like lights it up all normal so like it's going back and forth between the two different graphic styles it's uh, it is beautiful stuff um so d- what did where did you end up what did you end up settling on are you just making it through making your way through on the normal mode yeah just oh, okay, just, got it. just normal mode i did go into funky mode to confirm our findings from last week um and uh you know i also just like get the feel for how donkey or funky kong controls yeah uh and i don't really like playing as as funky i mean i think it's funny of course um and it's funny to like see him like you know when uh the other uh kongs appear in the stage they like do a little thing and he's like he's like so cool (laughs) um so uh the i I like seeing funky kong i just don't really want to I don't like his moveset that much. Does it feel weird to you that we only got two games in the like Donkey Kong Country Returns style from Retro? Yeah, yeah, that is that that is a little strange. Although I was thinking about it today, and Nintendo has a thing for duologies um, that there are like frequently pairs of games, and I was thinking about it in terms of uh, Tears of the Kingdom, like. That's going to be the second game in the like Breath of the Wild like uh, series, but there's not going to be a third, right? Right. Um, it just like uh, Majora's Mask is the direct sequel to um, Ocarina of Time, but there's no third. Um, Super Mario Brothers three uh, and Super Mario World. That's sort of a duology, you know. There's not really a third uh, in that series, and I feel like that uh, that sort of thing appears a lot in Nintendo. Man, what comes after? I know it's early. Tears of the Kingdom is even out yet. Yeah, but it boggles the mind to think what is after Tears of the Kingdom. We're going back to eight bit <laughs> or Zelda in space. Oh, we're not supposed to be making predictions. <laughs> well, I continue to make my way through Metroid Fusion. Yeah, um, and still enjoying it a lot. One thing that is interesting, and you know, it's been so long since I played this game, is you get like new. Um, power-ups and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Like, they're restored to you in the game. But maybe because I don't have a manual to reference, uh, and maybe that's just how Metroid Fusion is. Because Metroid Dread is kind of this way. Like, it, how to use those powers to, to their full extent is never explained to you. Yeah, sure. It's just kind of like, hey, do you remember how you could wall jump in Metroid in like super Metroid. Well, you can kind of do it here and maybe it's in the manual, but I, there were areas where I'm like, well, I know I have to be able to get up here, but I can't for the life of me figure out how to like wall jump this. That's and the a, controls are a little different from. Yeah. Super Metroid, yeah. That's and so, right. Um, well, and you need to have like those little handholds to do it. Right. No. So, I mean, there are the little handhold sections, remember. but then there's also, once you get to the super jump, like you can, you know, just kind of, if you have two and they're, they have to be close together, like uh, really close together, then you can kind of like bounce off the walls mm. that don't have them. But that's never, uh, it's never like explained to you in the game. And so it was just like, I, um, yeah, you just have to kind of be like, well, I guess I'll try doing this. Right, right, right. Well, and that's like, there's a lot of that in Super Metroid as well, that there are just like little things or like advanced techniques that you can learn uh like the thing where you can uh refill your health with a power bomb like that's a strange like thing to execute yeah that's true i do feel like the metroid those metroid games are never like they never go into detail on how to like maximize your moveset, yeah, 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 yeah. like everything you can do 
Um, but yeah, it's just been uh, still enjoying Fusion. The game is just really... Uh, it's fun to go back to it because my memories of it are so hazy. Yeah. And it is it is so optimized for handheld play in that it is so, like, bite-sized chunks. Because, uh, you, you know, you're directed to different sectors on a space station, and it's pretty guarded and gated. And so it does an interesting job of splitting the difference between being a Super Metroid-esque game and you know, having an area for to explore, but also doing it in these discrete areas that are, f- like, splitting the difference between super linear and having, like, an area yeah. for you to explore. Yeah. Sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. It's just, it's a it's a really interesting and I'm have fun game. Um, uh, so uh, let's continue talking about what we've been playing and then talk about uh, things we will be playing almost certainly in, in the near future. Um, I, I'm continuing to play Pikmin Bloom. Um, and, uh, you know, I mentioned it uh, up top, but, uh, you know, teaming up with uh, people in the Discord and with our friends, like, has been uh, super fun and just a, a fun way to, um, you know, uh, plant flowers together and, uh, you know, go work towards step goals together. Um, and it's just been a nice, like, way to kind of stay active. Um, and then I know the DLC has not yet come to consoles, but I'm back on Shovel Knight Dig. Just the news. Just of the news the of DLC it. got yeah. you back into it. Drew, drew me back into it, and I was like, I'll just play, like, uh, for, I was really just like, oh, I should make sure it's on my, because I, I had stopped playing before I got the OLED. Um, and so I, I downloaded it to the OLED. I was like, just so I'm ready when the DLC does come out. Um, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do one run. Uh, and I'm back on it, Mark. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to tell you. It is such a comfort game for me um, that it's, it's back in my life. Amazing. Well, I didn't make it as far into Fusion as I planned to this weekend. Because I ended up doing like a last minute run of the Nintendo 3DS eShop before it shut down for good. Um, just to see if there was anything left in there that I hadn't picked up um, from the last time I did a last minute run <laughs> of the 3DS eShop. And we are now in the world where the eShop is closed. I don't know if you checked it out uh, yeah. since the closure. It's uh, All it has is like uh, the, like all of the folders or like categories are gone. And there's just like the Nintendo Selects is still in there. Then you can go in, but every single one of them, it says the software is not available. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, strange experience. Still, you know, just a reminder that you are able to read re-download at yes. this point but you just can't make any new purchases no new purchases at all so what i ended up picking up was uh donkey kong land donkey kong land 2 and donkey kong land 3 and uh i feel like i had played some of donkey kong land if not all of donkey kong land um yeah. using like my cousin's cartridge and uh so i started playing it again and what a weird not necessarily fun game because <laughs> um, it it has a lot of the visual trappings of Donkey Kong Country, you know, using those like pre-rendered mm-hmm. um, uh, sprite Sprites, type yeah. things. And but, you know, they can't have Donkey Kong and Diddy on the screen at the same time. So when you get a barrel, when you get like a DK barrel, uh they appear on the screen in this kind of like whirlwind thing. I can't tell if they're like, uh, it seems like they have like their arms like folded or whatever. And they're yeah. like spinning up into it. Uh, like uh, they're an apparition coming out of the afterlife. Sure. Um, You're summoning the ghost of, <laughs> of Diddy Kong. But just because like the, the screen real estate is so small and the, the physics just don't feel right. It's just right. kind of like 
a, a crunchy experience. Um, I'm. But even still, you picked up all three of these games. I did. I picked up all three <laughs> because who knows? It, it just felt like you know, like sure, a final opportunity. Who knows when they'll show right. up on? Um, and maybe we're gonna, maybe we'll do a Donkey Kong month sometime in the future. Sure. And uh, I'll want to have access to them somehow. Uh, I also picked up Harmonite, which is a game released from by Game Freak, the developers of the Pokemon games, and it's like a rhythm action platformer that my only really like point of reference to it previously was I think Harmonite was like a spirit or something in Super Smash Bros. Oh, that Ultimate makes sense. Yeah. And had an amazing, at least one amazing music track. And so I'm excited to check that out sometime in the future. The other ones I picked up, I knew I had never even heard of, but they were on two separate lists of you things you should pick up on the th- 3DS eShop before it closes. So I was like, oh, what the heck? So they're both from this program that uh, Level 5 did maybe back in like 10 years ago. I think it was both were released in 2013 called Level 5 Guild. And it was basically, they. Uh, it was like a game jam. They got a bunch of oh, cool. like game developers together to make these 3DS eShop exclusive games. And so one that I picked up is the Starship Damry which is like a, a survival horror game that explicitly says it has no tutorial and no instructions. And so it's Whoa. all about just like experimentation Ex- yeah. and figuring it out. And then the other one, also the the setting, I'm just a sucker for like, you know, survival horror game on a space station. Yeah, of like, course. I totally want that. Then the other one it, I know even less about, and it's Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale. And uh, I don't. I basically know nothing about it. Sounds like a kaiju game. <laughs> Other, I think a kaiju is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but you play as like a kid, and it is set in like Japan in the seventies. And it was recommended, like if you like that sort of you know like pastoral setting of Studio Ghibli, um, that it is a game that would be up your alley. So I picked it up. Um, I think my uh, th- those are very interesting, and now if I want to play them, I have to play them on your 3DS. <laughs> um, I-, I did some uh, some last minute pickups myself on the 3DS. I picked up um, the second and third Box Boy games, uh, Box Box Boy and Bye Bye Box Boy, because um, it turns out I only had the first one on on my 3DS. Um, I also grabbed I can assume that it's going to come to the Game Boy uh, Nintendo Switch Online at some point, but I went ahead and picked up Donkey Kong 94 anyway. That was actually the impetus for me turning on my Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. Was because I thought I had bought it previously, but couldn't remember, yeah. and I wanted to make sure I had it. Um, it's got to be coming to the Nintendo Switch Online, though, right? It does feel inevitable. Um, uh, then I also uh, picked up Pushmo. What is Pushmo? Pushmo is... So I picked up Pushmo here, and I picked up picked up Pushmo World on the uh, Wii U. Um, and Pushmo is a uh, like a puzzle game where you play as this little like sumo dude um, and you push and pull platforms and they're just like little puzzles, discrete little puzzles um, where like, it's like vertical climbing puzzles. You have to get to the very top and your only tools are like pulling these platforms like out and like pushing them back in. Um, so it's a very limited move set, but it's uh, it's one of those things that quickly reveals itself to be a very deep like puzzle platform. It was highly it was recommended also on multiple lists yeah. that I saw, but I set myself a fifty dollar limit. You yeah, know, I went into my Switch, added fifty dollars to the three D, you know, to right. my and then wallet, just went and was for like, it. that's yeah. that's the limit of what I'm going to spend. I set no such limit. <laughs> 
Um, I also picked up the Phoenix Wright uh, Ace Attorney oh, trilogy. Nice. On it, Wii U or on 3DS? On 3DS. <laughs> it was $3 for the trilogy. Beautiful. That's a bucket game. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and then on the on the Wii U, I went ahead and picked up the, uh, the two Zelda games, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, because um, I was like... When, when when am I gonna? Yeah. When are these gonna be available genuinely, again? Genuinely, the opposite yeah. of like Donkey Kong '94. It's like I don't know the next time we're gonna right. have access to right. those. Um, and could I pick up like carts of that? Probably, but I bet they're super expensive. These were ten bucks a piece. Um, and then I also grabbed Duck Hunt on uh, on on the Wii U, um, which has like Wii Mote controls. Oh, is it the version that was released on like the Wii? I think it's a, it was only released on the Wii U. I don't oh, think okay. it was actually uh but yeah, so it 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 uses uh, the 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 Wii remote as, as a pointer. Um but that's uh that's I I spent a, a little bit of time and a little bit of money uh to just fill out those those libraries. Uh and now we that's that's it. Whatever choices you made, those are the choices. <laughs> it's done. It's you can't done. buy anymore. Yeah. Uh in some ways it's liberating to be in a place where I'm like, okay, all right, that's done. Like I can't I can't buy those games anymore. Um uh and then I also had like a a, a moment immediately afterwards where I was like, was I too like excited to just like buy stuff for the sake of buying it like you supported me just now in like phantom hourglass and spirit tracks but i was like no i no i i i totally get what you're saying uh-huh. because it's like when am i gonna play these games when am i gonna play these games yeah totally uh and especially something on on the wii u where it's like when i'm gonna have like the top screen on the tv and the bottom screen on the wii uh, uh gamepad in my lap like I mean, that's weird. But at least you have the opportunity. I have the opportunity. All right, Mark. That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, Tuesday, March 28th, MLB The Show 23 is released on Switch. Uh, Yeah, the MLB games, the show games still uh, just coming out on Switch. Yeah. um, I still wish that... Uh, we didn't see as much marketing for it, or at least it wasn't in like a Nintendo Direct or anything yeah. like it was last we year. We didn't see that weird puppet guy. No, and the weird <laughs> puppet guy is like my uh, coach, coach, That's right. or cha- yeah, coach. I think it's coach. Yeah, that is so great. But yes, we haven't seen we haven't seen coach since. Um, at least not in Nintendo Direct. But uh, that's kind of that's uh, on Thursday, March thirtieth. Uh, Arcade Archives Never Own is released. Also a game called Infinite Guitars. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So... For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you have uh, posed a question here. Uh, Will you please give us the question? Yes. uh, Today we're going to be discussing which historical figures do you think you could beat in an arm wrestling match? So... 
pretty broad, wide open question. Historical figures we could uh, beat in an arm wrestling match. Uh, Mark, I've discovered um, uh, randomlist.com slash random dash people. Uh, we can just have it generate eight random celebrities oh, for us. Oh, clutch. That's perfect. Some of them are historical figures. Some of them are uh, modern day uh, celebrities. Um, but so here we go. I'm going to randomly pick eight people. <laughs> okay, starting, starting from the bottom of the list, Pablo Picasso. Uh, man, I don't know. My gut says yes. Because, like, do you think of him as, like, an old man painting? Because he definitely went through, like, a scrappy young artist phase. Yeah, where, that's like, true. He had a lot to prove. And part of that was proving that he could beat me in an arm wrestling match? Is I that don't what you're may- saying? Maybe not. I mean, he's probably too sad. I bet you could beat him. <laughs> Wait, what about you? Pablo Picasso? Oh, yeah, I could yeah, take him. Okay, <laughs> all right, great. Uh, next up, Kate Moss. Yes, I, I think probably. I don't know. Like, actresses need to, like, work out. I bet she's strong. I, I'm not saying she's not strong. I bet she could beat you in an arm wrestling <laughs> okay, contest. Me? Well, what about you? Uh, yeah, me oh, too. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, number six, Carl Sagan. <laughs> Carl Sagan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could take Carl Sagan. I think you probably could, too. He's wearing, uh, in the picture that they're using here, he's wearing uh, that, like, maroon turtleneck. Oh, uh-huh. Just, like, close your eyes and picture Carl Sagan. That's what he's wearing. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I think you could take him as well. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think so too. Uh, number five, Tina Fey. I don't know. I don't. I. I think she wants it more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, can, uh, yeah. No, I think Tina Fey is going to be. Yeah, me. I think Tina Fey would be. Me. Uh, number four, Voltaire. Oh, I think I, I you can definitely uh, take for, Voltaire. I I, have a, I just kind of feel like anyone in the. Like 1700s or before, yeah. There's a good, there's a fair chance. I that mean, just nutrition wise, yes. I'm, I'm in better that's right. shape. That's right. You're definitely taller. Yeah. Uh, and he's I'm wearing my original teeth. Uh, yeah, and he's wearing a powdered wig, so like that's gonna throw off his balance, yeah. right? Um, all right. Uh, next up, Maria Sharapova. No, no, no. Way. She's destroying <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then number two, Winston Churchill, who comes up in these a lot. I noticed, by the way. Winston Churchill, uh, like a, a stout, I like heavy guy. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Winston Churchill I think is, is going to win. Yeah. Um, and then number one on our list here is uh, uh, Che Guevara. Um, I think he's destroying. I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, we've got no more chance. time. Should I do another yeah, uh, let's random do another list. more? Okay, here we go. Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, like probably I'm could. Sure I could probably take Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe, no question. That, uh, that I'm beating him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be over in a second. <laughs> number six, Ulysses S. Grant. No, lose. Yeah, absolutely would, would lose. Uh, number five, and this one is interesting because I think we have to pick, like, when in this person's life, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. Because, like, now Daniel Radcliffe would destroy us. Dan- yes. Yeah. He Did you see um, the movie The Lost City? No. Um, it's the uh, uh, Sandra Bullock, um, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum uh, uh, like action comedy. Daniel Radcliffe is the bad guy in it, and he is ripped. Um, and he's uh, he's ripped in the Weird Al movie, too, where you're like, why are you so strong? <laughs> What's happening, Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, no. Not, no to Daniel Radcliffe. Um, probably yes in, like, Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> yeah, when he was 11? Yeah, when he was yeah. 11, I think I could take him. <laughs> yeah. uh, this next one doesn't seem fair. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I, I think I would I beat him. Those are just the facts. Wrestling. Yep. Uh, num- number three here, Alexander the Great. 
I'm gonna say no. He like rides too much uh, horseback. Uh, uh, he right definitely. Um, I, what was a warrior? Like, <laughs> yeah. what what chance do we stand against a warrior? Uh, number two, LeBron James. We lose. We lose <laughs> totally. Yep. Uh, number one, Chief Sitting Bull. Uh, I think we lose I there as think well. We would yeah. Lose, yeah. For um, sure. uh, man, four minutes and thirty three seconds just keeps going. Let's <laughs> do one more. Um, so this this there's a lot of repeats here. Daniel Radcliffe is number eight again. Number seven, James Earl Jones. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. Not even now. No, he's ninety two years old now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe now. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't like the the rest of these. A lot of a lot of repeats here. Steven Spielberg. Do you think you could beat Steven Spielberg in our wrestling contest? I do. Well, so now certainly. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. You think like, well, he's making Jaws. Yeah, a fair shot. I yeah, think okay, have a fair like fifty-fifty. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, all right, there, there we go. Uh, we were accompanied today by an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Hey, you may have heard, but this morning at seven a.m. Pacific time. Nintendo premiered approximately 10 minutes of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Or will premiere people listen to this before uh, 7 that's o'clock. True, that's uh, true. That's true. Gameplay time footage. Yep. Um, they tweeted the announcement yesterday, and uh, we'll talk about it on Tuesday, Thursday's episode. Yeah, there's really no point in speculating uh, because it's uh, it already happened, likely, by the time people are listening. Um, are you getting up for it? Are you going to watch it live, Mark? What's your plan? I don't here? know, actually. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I probably will. I'll seven, probably seven's not so early. What yeah. do you make of that time? Because it's not like usually these things are like six o'clock mm-hmm. or it's like later in the morning. Um, but seven is right in that like kind of weird. It's not as like it's not first thing in the morning. I feel like Nintendo just has no pattern because we've never. <laughs> no, we, I, I, I think so. I think so too. This is a bizarre. It's not a direct. It's not a. Yeah, it's just 10 minutes of gameplay footage. Yeah. Presented by uh, AJ Anuma. So, uh, here we go. Um, maybe seven, but maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe 7 a.m. Pacific time and whatever that translates to, to like Japan and the rest of the world. Yeah. Means something, is meaningful to Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe it will be. We don't know. We don't know what Tears of the It's, I do think, and I, again, there's no point in speculating, but I do think that there is, uh, so much we don't know about this game. Yeah. Um, and there is a big opportunity to reveal stuff that we had not even considered regarding this game's uh, structure or what it plays like moment to moment. Um, so I'm I'm very excited about this. Yeah, 10 minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but could be a very revealing 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something that is also unknowable. What is E3 anymore at this point? <sighs> so we already know that Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, and I think EA have all previously announced that they wouldn't be participating. Now, Ubisoft, after previously saying that they were attending, are like, never mind. We're not going to be at E3. Didn't Yves Gilmont say, like, as long as there is an E3, we'll be at it? Yeah. Okay. And then... They will not be at E3. They are not going to be at E3. Right. But they did announce that they are going to hold a presentation in LA in the same time frame that, like the press conferences at E3 normally would happen. So um, uh, Ubisoft is going to be doing a presentation, an Ubisoft Forward Live event on (laughs) June 12th in Los Angeles. So that's the Monday before E3 kicks off, which is on the 13th. Um, 
Was that traditionally Sony's spot? Well, so Sony would usually have a presentation on Monday, at but like the publishers would fill in those times as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So like I can't remember where point. Ubisoft did in like twenty nine when they presented in twenty nineteen. It could have been Monday. So yeah, just so here's what Ubisoft's um, uh, statement reads. Says, quote, E3 has fostered unforgettable moments across the industry throughout the years. While we initially intended to have an official E3 presence, we've made the subsequent decision to move in a different direction, and we will be holding a Ubisoft Forward live event on 12th June in Los Angeles. We look forward to sharing more details with our players very soon. By the way, E3 is two and a half months away. Like, it's, uh, would, uh, have any major publishers been confirmed so. at this point then? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, um, you know, E3 was dead. And then we were like, oh, E3 is back. And now it's just really hard to know what E3 is going to be. Yeah. Do you think that this time next year, they'll be, we'll be looking forward to another E3? Or yeah, won't that I be really it? wonder. Yeah, I really wonder. I what mean, do, I what, would what love... do you think? What do you think? Uh, like Reed Pop signs up for when when they're like, we're gonna take over E three. Do they have? Do they just have a one year commitment? Who knows? Maybe it's like a one year commitment with like an option for additional ones. Yeah. Or maybe it's a multi year commitment that has like an out after you know a certain amount of time. Sure, that they could like take a penalty and get out earlier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll look honestly. I feel like I have no sense of what E3 is going to be, but I hope that it's successful. And I hope that yeah. like, if it turns into a fan event or something like that, like I, I think it would be cool if for E3 to continue in some successful form, even if it's not what we knew it as before. Yeah, true. And we're not here to dance on its grave, mm -hmm. certainly. Um, but yeah, it, it does. It does seem like what we are witnessing is its grave. Yes. Yeah. Are, are we also dancing? <laughs> Not on top. Not on top. To the side. Or are we human? We're... <laughs> if you cut us, do we not bleed? Mm -hmm. If E3 isn't successful, do we not dance? <laughs> Samba de Amigo, Party Central, the Macarena. Mock Maraca. There you I go. Gonna, I was not saying a Macarena. Macarena yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Maraca shaking rhythm game from Sega was revealed in the February Nintendo Direct to be coming to Switch this summer. And, you know, since Sonic Forces, I think we talked about it last week, but <laughs> yeah, since Sonic we did, Forces, we did. <laughs> Forces is woven deeply into mm -hmm. the fabric of this show, I feel duty-bound to report that the song Fist Bump from Sonic Forces will be included as a playable track in the game. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't tell you what that is. Nope. nope. Uh, plus, Escape from the City from Sonic Adventure 2 will be I, in it no, as well. I could tell you what that but is. That song's a banger. This is a mere footnote to our interest since this podcast never had a Sonic Adventure 2 borrowing program. A program that would no doubt be imperfect Whoa. if it did exist. Wow. Mark coming out strong against Sonic uh, Adventure 2. Also, Sonic himself will appear in the game. And Does he uh, hold maracas or is he just present? Maybe he just holds macarenas. I don't <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog doing the macarena, that is a 1998 <laughs> image if I've ever conquered I feel like one. it had to have happened at some <laughs> it point. Must some have, trade yes. show, some child's <laughs> yes. birthday party. Mm -hmm. uh, and hey, speaking of Sonic, a new version of Sonic Origins was announced. Sonic Origins Plus is coming to Switch and other platforms on June 23rd. It's uh, The expanded collection includes Sonic 1, 2, Three and Knuckles, Sonic CD, and 12 Game Gear Sonic games. 12, Mark. 12? That's a lot Game of Gear Game Sonic Gear Sonic, Sonic games. games. Also, Amy Rose will be playable in 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles, and CD. Which is uh, also nuts. 
Also, all previously released add-on content is also included in this collection. So this sort of feels like a uh, a, a make good for the bizarre release of uh, Sonic Origins uh, last year, uh, where there were like these charts of like what comes yeah, in each versions of weird. it, uh, and now it's like, no, you know what? Here's just like here's everything plus twelve Game Gear games. <laughs> a lot of these Game Gear games were on the uh, 3DS eShop. I wonder oh. if there is a relationship between. Um, like if they had some exclusivity like licensed uh, to uh, to Nintendo and the the 3DS eShop until that went down, they were like, "Hey, we've got we just got a warehouse full of uh, of Game Gear games. Uh, we can spice up the the package of Sonic Origins. Twelve extra games yeah, are on it's this. A lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. HAL Laboratory Executive Director Shinya Kumazaki and Director Tatsuya Kamiyama we're in San Francisco last week for the Game Developers Conference. Uh, they did a presentation at the Game Developers Conference talking about Kirby and the development of Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and which is celebrating its one-year anniversary, crazy enough. Like, um, Wild. It's been a year since Forgotten Land. Apparently, which means a year since Kirby Month as well. Uh, yeah, that's right. A year since Kirby Month came to a close. Wow. So a year since we discovered um, Kirby... Blockball. Kirby's Blockball, uh-huh. yeah. Thank yeah. you for rescuing me. I couldn't it, yeah, remember the name of the game. Deep, truly deepening our love yes. of Kirby in the process. Um, yeah, but they uh, apparently the presentation that they did was just like packed to the rafters. Yeah. Uh, there were pictures of people like the queue being just incredible. Like they were queuing on top of the roof <laughs> of uh, the presentation hall um, to fit people in. People like Kirby. Um, but d- uh, while they were in San Francisco, Polygon had the opportunity to interview them. And took the chance to ask them some burning questions we all have on Kirby's physiology. And I just pulled a couple from the, uh, or some of these from the interview. But the entire thing is delightful and worth reading. So Polycon asks, will or could Kirby (laughs) ever fall in love? And this is uh, Shinya Kumazaki's response. I feel like Kirby is a neutral character. It's really the player's emotion that gets displayed and realized on the other side of the screen. I think that's what makes Kirby unique. Because of that, we try not to have Kirby express emotions that might not be felt by the player. Extreme emotions like anger or crying. With that said, if within the story there's a sequence where the player might feel like they're falling in love with someone, if that's the experience we design, then I don't think it's impossible to have Kirby's eyes turn into hearts, or maybe (laughs) Kirby is blushing. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. With that said, we haven't had a title in the series that focused on falling in love. For me personally, I hope Kirby remains the kind of character who take things as they come. And then Tatsuya yeah, Kamiyama adds, but what I can say is what Kirby does love is delicious food. Again, not feeling anything that is not felt by the player. I love right? I love everything about both of these mm-hmm. answers. Um, I love that uh, Kumazaki ends his by saying, I hope Kirby remains the kind of character who takes things as they come, which I had never considered before, but is absolutely how Kirby reacts to every situation. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. It's... I mean, it's because Kirby is relatively inactive until the world is acting upon him, right? Seemingly, I don't think Kirby has a lot of like planning. Kirby doesn't seem one for a four hundred one k to me. No, you know no, what no. I mean. He's he, not worried he about sleeps. tomorrow. He just sleeps. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and Polygon also asked if you cut open Kirby, what would the inside look like? And Kumazaki is prepared, and he says, "Dreams filled with dreams." Wow. Of course, we want to keep a mysterious side to Kirby, so I'll say. We will keep it a mystery. So you cut Kirby open and there are dreams inside? I, I, and he lives in dreamland. 
It's unknowable. Yeah. What ha- uh, Polygon continues, what happens to the creatures Kirby swallows and where do they go? Kumazaki. Because the base world is a fantasy world, it's not like they get swallowed and digested inside of Kirby. Because <laughs> that might be jarring, and because we made the game to be approachable, having that kind of extreme or violent expression might negate making the game so approachable. Instead, we have this comical, funny depiction where the enemies poof. When an enemy or creature gets swallowed by Kirby, they may disappear, but they do resurface somewhere else in the world. Whoa. Yeah. So he's like teleporting everything that he swallows oh, to yeah, elsewhere in so. the world? Uh-huh. It's like... Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. I mean, that's good to know. It's these yeah. Questions... It's like a Star Trek transporter that's inside right. of inside of Kirby. Yeah. Um. It's I. I am normally like sort of against asking these questions because like Kirby is unknowable, like you say. Um. But now that we understand a deeper piece of Kirby's mythology that he's transporting creatures all around the globe, I think that's pretty cool. I uh, I like that. Um. I like to think that you know polygon is asking these questions and that they don't even hesitate because they're like oh yeah we've thought about this yeah yeah i like that like too. Uh, we we absolutely know answers to these questions i mean further i like that uh polygon like came prepared with these questions <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh okay this one requires a little bit of setup so during the presentation uh uh that they did about kirby and about the development of kirby in the forgotten land they um showed some like slides and one of those slides had Kirby like imagining, uh, picturing like a superhero that is kind of like what Kirby would think of when he thinks of himself as a hero. Sure. And one of the images is like Kirby with like stars and, you know, like starry eyed looking and a superhero look like Superman like looking guy behind him, except it has like a Kirby star on his chest. And he's got pink hair and like yellow armbands. And yeah, like it's it's a very Kirbified. Um, like classic uh, Superman-esque superhero. Yes. And so Polygon um, asks, and this is an abbreviated form of the question, basically, if Kirby swallowed a hot man, yes. would he turn into a hot man? And again, Kumazaki prepared with an answer. Uh, I think your friend, and again, this is part of the question that I cut out, but I think your friend might have noticed the muscles and power the images depicted. I think Kirby's ability would be in if he swallowed like a hot man. I think Kirby's ability would be in line with that, and he'd probably have a hat associated with it, but his face would not turn into hot Kirby. So that, I mean, that's a real problem. <laughs> How do we achieve hot Kirby? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, next time we're casting something, like, I think we have to remember, hot Kirby is out there. Hot Kirby can't hurt you, but he is out there. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. Um, and finally, mm-hmm. we got some details and a release date for Wave 4 of the Fire Emblem Engage Expansion Pass DLC, the Fell Xenolog story content. Uh, thank you, Mark, for... Uh, I, I added this one uh, late late in the game here um, because it was uh, uh, revealed uh, pretty early last week. Um, but I'm very excited about this. It comes out on April 4th, which is very soon. Kind of crazy that the game came out in February and all in January. Four- Oh, yeah, January, that's right. And all four waves will be out by the first week of April. Yeah, wait, wait. So this is it. This is is the complete expansion pass. Yeah. That is wild. Um, So this... What's uh, the hurry? They just want to get it out. (laughs) I mean, because they held uh, Engage for like a year, just like waiting for an opportune time to publish it. So, um, yeah, I assume that all of the uh, DLC content was uh, well done by the time they pushed the game out in the first place. 
Um, but so it tells a, a new story in a parallel reality um, that uh, it, it's accessible after you finish chapter six, which is also, I believe, the threshold that you need to get through before accessing any of the waves of, of DLC. Um, it looks like you are going into a parallel world where there are good versions of the hounds. The hounds are like the, the main bad guys that are like working with the fell dragon. Um, but here they're called the four winds and they're your allies. Huh. Um, so like uh, there's a, a character named Zephia who in this, her name is like, uh, uh, it's different. All of their names are just like a little bit different. Um, uh, and they're just like, a touch nicer. They still have like a weird, like BDSM sort of like theming to them. Uh, but like, which is like fewer piercings and like less face paint. Um, so I'm very excited to recruit them. Uh, and it looks like you're fighting like evil versions of your allies from the main game. Um, there are also new classes in there, enchanter and mage cannoner, um, cannoneer, I guess. Um, uh, and then you uh, team up with some dragon twins and collect seven emblem bracelets. It's unclear to me if these are new emblems or if they're just like recycling emblems from either the other waves of DLC or something else. Um, there are times when uh, in, in the video where they announce this, where you see the uh, your former allies that you are now battling uh, and it's them. And, you know, it usually says like, the, the character's name and and then the emblem that they're carrying. Uh, they're doing that, except it's question mark, question mark, question mark. So I don't know if these are uh, going to be what what these new emblems are. If there are seven like crazy new emblems from uh, other Fire Emblem games, if they're dipping into Codename Steam, you know, maybe John Henry is one of the, uh, <laughs> the emblems we're going to be invoking here. I don't know, Mark. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm very interested to find out. When you finish the story, you can bring your allies uh, back into the, the, the main game. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and that is, Mark, are you <laughs> going to check it out? <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't touched Engage for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Um, it has been a week that uh, during which I have not touched Engage. And part of that is um, that uh, we had a busy weekend uh, uh, on uh, preparing NCS Detective Club. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm eager to get back to it. And I want to get a little bit further in this story before I distract myself with yet another uh, paralogue or a fell xenologue. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Uh, we also have a Discord. You should email us and get in there. The email address is Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Yeah.